imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women? Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Lead Hership Global Show. I am so excited to welcome our special guest today, Kathy DeMarcos, who's a global business advisor, an award-winning mentor, a dedicated philanthropist, a TEDx speaker, and an author. And today, Kathy and I are going to be able to talk about the impact of living a life of purpose. And I am so excited about diving into this topic today. Now, I have to say that every single week, I have extraordinary guests that I'm able to speak to, and it's such a privilege and such an honor. But I am really lucky today to welcome Kathy DeMarcos to this week's episode of Lead Hership Global, because this is really a program for and about unstoppable women that step into courage and bold leadership. And that absolutely describes Kathy. And today we're really going to be talking about what it means to live a purpose-driven life. And you know, the research on purpose is incredibly impressive. There are a ton of health benefits and purpose actually strengthens your immune system. In fact, people with a sense of purpose are actually less likely to experience stroke or become addicted to alcohol and drugs. And having a sense of purpose even cuts your risk of Alzheimer's disease, if you can believe that. In fact, a long-term study conducted by Rush University suggests that those adults that reported a high sense of purpose in their life were actually twice as likely to be free of any kind of symptom of cognitive decline, dementia, or Alzheimer's. So purpose actually protected the brain against displaying the effects of aging. So in addition to these mind-blowing cognitive benefits, there are also benefits to emotional well-being. So when you live a life of purpose, you're actually more efficient and you delegate better. But best of all, a sense of purpose is also linked to a longer, healthier, and more satisfying life. So what does it mean to live a purposeful life, a purpose-driven life? Well, you know, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, the purpose of life is not to be happy. It's to be honorable, to be compassionate, and to have it to make some difference that you have lived and lived well. So in other words, to live a purposeful life means that you're more than meekly seeking adventure or pleasure. A life of purpose is a life of meaning. It's a life where deep yearnings of our heart and our soul are actually met where we're connected and engaged with those around us. If you're living mindfully and intentionally, you can actually discover the purpose of each and every interaction. Finding meaning in the moment makes a huge difference in the quality of your life and fulfilling the yearning to connect or to matter or to make a difference can actually help us to feel fulfilled and satisfied. So without purpose, people tend to be unengaged or not at all present in their day-to-day -day life. So with that, how do we get more purpose? 
how we bring the benefits of living a purposeful life into our own lives. Well, that's where Kathy DeMarco steps in. Today, Kathy, who is a global business advisor and award-winning mentor, will actually talk to us about how purpose can bring us into the moment and create a ripple effect for generations to come. Now, before we dive into that subject, let me tell you just a little bit about Kathy. As I noted, she's a global business advisor, an award-winning mentor. She's a dedicated philanthropist, a TEDx speaker, and an author who is future-focused and works from her place of genius to actually actualize goals and dreams for people in both business and in their personal lives. Her company, Solutions to You, was born from her passion to serve and to create sustainable impact. She's highly sought after all over the world as a professional advisor and a motivational voice with more than three decades of experience. Get that, three decades of experience. And now she dedicates her time to sharing knowledge that combines people, business, and situational skills to develop tangible tools and skills. Her value takes center stage and business becomes honest and expressive as she helps people become comfortable with being uncomfortable, unlearn patterns that actually don't serve them, and she helps them step forward with clarity that enables them to reach their goals. So with that, Kathy, I can't thank you enough for being a part of Leadership Global's program today. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, Linda. It is such a joy. I always actually love listening to you. I have a grin from like ear to ear. Every time you actually speak, you just are so passionate about what you do. You know, it doesn't matter who you're actually with. That actually just oozes out of you. And I'm so grateful to actually have crossed your path and to have actually paused in that moment to genuinely know who you are. Um, and I hope that those who actually are introduced to you, who actually get to know, you know, what Leadership Global is about, truly understand your purpose because you're serving it every single day. Honestly, honestly. Oh, Kathy, thank you so much. That is incredibly high praise. And I am really, really honored. Thank you so much. But I tell you what, I am so anxious to dive into this conversation around purpose. But before we get going, I'm really interested in understanding a little bit more about your journey, Kathy. What's led you to have such passion about helping business leaders, political leaders, those that are leading others all around the world have a clarity around their purpose? I think I have uh, I've come from a finance background, and so it is incredibly structured. It is incredibly clinical. It is highly legislative, and so. For a lot of my career, I thought that that's what business was about. But over the years, things have occurred. Um, and when I say, you know, you reach crossroads and you have to make decisions at different points in time, there are, I look back at, there's probably three different times where I look back now and I didn't, I didn't do it at the time, but they changed my trajectory and the way that I look at things. So I, I, share a story of when I first started working I was a young 17 naive you know young girl who had just finished sitting her final year exams and I didn't even get them but I got offered a job in the bank <clears throat> 
And I had three incredible women actually take me in under their wing. And one morning they actually approached me and leaned in and said to me, Kathy, I think you need to go home to change. And anybody who's actually gone through the banking systems knows that people play pranks on you. And so I thought this was a joke. And so I looked at them and I went, oh, that, that's fine. I got it. You want me to go home, but I'm not. I'm going to stay. But they were serious. And to make this really short of a story, but they were actually suggesting that I go home to change because I was wearing a suit that had trousers. And you see, they thought that they were protecting me because the branch manager hadn't arrived yet and he didn't like women wearing trousers. And I looked at them and this is where I say, I think I was quite naive, but I said to them, but the handbook doesn't say women can't wear trousers. And so I decided to stay. But what actually happened in the weeks and months to come, and by the way, I did have to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation with the branch manager. Um, he explained to me that his upbringing actually was around women wearing skirts and dresses and looking a particular way. And so therefore that was instilled in him. Now, I just continued because I wasn't him and I would still wear trousers and explain to him, well, you know, the handbook doesn't say this and we're all changing. But over time, what happened is these women actually started to wear trousers. Now, the reason why I share that is because that was one moment of, I guess, me allowing myself to feel uncomfortable um, to ask the question and to actually better understand, you know, what was really happening as opposed to assuming, and we do that so often. So that changed the trajectory of everybody involved in that um, scenario. I then actually continue to stay in finance and I've had another really pinnacle moment where a client of mine actually reached out. It was incredibly late at night. And I used to look after what was called the bank's assets. So I was looking after high net worth clients and business clients and looking at their current financial position to try and restructure them so that we would make them viable. And if they didn't, we would sadly have to repossess. It's not exactly the best um, career, you know, position that you'd want to have because it's really stressful and you were dealing with people's emotions. And this particular night, I had an incredible catwalk model um, on the phone. It was very late at night. There was nobody in, in the office. It was like 10 o'clock at night and my direct phone rang. And on the other end was this incredible lady who said, I'm sitting in my car. And, um, and I said to her, why are you sitting in your car? And she said, um, I'm in the garage. And she had actually put a pipe in from the exhaust and actually connected it into the car. So she had reached this stage where she couldn't see a way forward. So for me, you know, I panicked in that moment because I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I, I'm not equipped. I really don't know what to do. And then what kicked in for me was, oh, my gosh, how privileged. This woman has so many people around her. She took the chance to reach out to me this late at night, like, 
what a privilege. And so the only thing that I knew how to do to do anything in that moment was to listen and to keep her talking and hope that somebody would actually come home. And in that situation, her partner did come home. But that again made me realise that there is so much more to work. You know, people honestly are at the centre of everything, but we seem to forget that. So that then led me down a path of where I realised that it didn't matter how good I was at my job, how smart I was. If I didn't know how to actually hold the space for people in any given moment, I really wasn't able to serve. So that started the next stage, I guess, of my discovery of what am I really here to do without really knowing what I was genuinely searching for. So I undertook a four-year degree and became a qualified counsellor. But for me, it wasn't just about the theory. If I don't walk my talk and draw from lived experiences, I don't feel that I've done enough. And so I practised for three years whilst I then stayed in finance. So I would see my clinical clients at night, on the weekends, but I reached a stage where I was actually flying in and out of different states um, and it got really difficult. So I had to make a decision. Do I actually change career paths or do I actually do a transitioning period with my clients over six months to hand them over to somebody else? And so... I decided to stay in finance. And then comes this last, I guess, really critical moment in my life. And again, this was a journey where it wasn't my journey. I actually, I have an incredible um, insightful young daughter. She's 25, actually, she turned 25 yesterday, but she was 16 at the time. And she was going to finish her um, schooling the following year and she sat down one day and she said when I finish I actually want to dedicate some time to go and volunteer and work maybe in orphanages I don't know maybe work with animals but I, that's what I want to do before I start uni and so we said sure so it took about three or four months for her to do her own research and she was supposed to go with friends well, when it came time to really actually identify where she wanted to go, the friends were saying, well, we'll go to Fiji, we'll go to America, we'll go to Canada. And she said, no, that's not going to help. That's not really going to create an impact. And so guess when she decided to go to Africa? It was when Ebola broke out. <laughs> So here we are, Linda, you know, sitting around the dining table and she has done so much research. And my husband sat there and went, no, you're not. Ebola's broken out. And she looked at me and, and I still actually remember my son's face because my son honestly just went, I'd like you to negotiate this one, <laughs> you know, looking at, at, you know, his dad and then looking at her. And I said to her, tell me more. And she said, well, mum, everybody else is going to places where I could just go and have a holiday, but that's not what I want to do. I, I really want to create an impact. And so I really started to think about what she was saying. And I am very solution focused. So for me, it was how do I actually honour my husband so that he feels that he's heard? And how do I actually honour her 
for being so courageous in you know wanting to genuinely make an impact and she's 16 like gosh i wish that i had that insight at the age of 16 right so we spent a lot of time negotiating you know and making sure that everybody actually was being heard and so she aligned herself with projects abroad and so for me that was an element of security so she you know then actually started to map out what she wanted to do so she was going to be gone for three months um, and part of that she said i also want to spend time with the maasai and that's when i started to get a little bit concerned because there was so much uncertainty in where she was going like i'd never been to africa i've traveled a lot but never been to africa didn't know what to actually expect and so through that process it was oh my gosh i need to mitigate risk but how do i do that so uh you know i said to her, can we actually negotiate can i come with you for part of that journey and this is how i i believe I started to truly understand what my purpose was. You know, Linda, I didn't honestly in that moment actually know what was ahead of me. You know, we had done a lot of philanthropical work since I was quite young. My, my father was actually very big on that. And so it had been instilled in me. It had been instilled in the kids. But I think that that was my pinnacle moment in hindsight that changed exactly who I actually was going to choose to be. Because from that moment on, everything was so clear for me. And there were moments that actually defined that. So she took off and I can tell you that there was a lot of fear that actually sat within me, even in that moment at the airport, you know, where she has gone through customs. And, you know, I kept reassuring everybody, she's fine. We've actually thought about everything, you know. She's got all the measures, she's got medication, she's got natural remedies with it, you know, she'll be fine. And then in that moment at the airport where she's actually put her hand up on the other side of customs, heading to her gate and I've reached over and intertwined, I'm melted because that realization of what have I done? You know, I know that I'm honoring her, but oh my gosh, there's so much risk. <laughs> but she had gone and she left for a month and then I was following her. So through this process, Linda, when I arrived, you know, she could speak Swahili. Now that's a month. She had embedded herself into that community, living with the family where she was really understanding and living her purpose you know what she had actually committed to do was to actually be there with these orphaned kids and to actually create this life um, where she was experiencing just as much as what she was actually giving and when i watched her actually engaging with these children who really had nothing but we're so joyful like that joy i can't even explain it to you i don't know that we could actually feel that joy that they actually were in kicking stones while she was running in playing in the dirt and the and the dust you know with them and over the next two months there were lots of moments where I honestly sat and reflected, you know, about my life and what I was doing. 
and it dawned on me that it didn't matter how much I actually scaled a business, how much we actually increased, you know, turnover. Um, that really wasn't giving me joy. Yes, I was ticking boxes, you know, and when we look at it, when we look at our careers, we measure through performance, right? But that doesn't actually make me smile. Yes, I'm doing my job and, you know, I'm very grateful and everybody around me is really grateful and we're building relationships. But that real deep soul um, joy that just comes out from knowing that when you wake up in the morning, you know, you know that you are going to create an impact that's going to honestly be generational. It wasn't happening for me. And I think my moment, which I shared with you earlier, that real moment of me realising that was when I sat with a Maasai and one of the warriors actually said to me, Kathy, I've started a Duputu Foundation. And I said, what's that, Kimani? And he said, I want to actually show, you know, young girls that they don't need to actually get married at the age of 11 and 13. Circumcision is not okay. And yes, they can continue to be educated. What do you think about that? And I sat back and I thought, I, I don't have an answer. How could I possibly have an answer? Here, you know, we're actually living and I can see there are generations actually living together and there is a community because the Maasai men can have multiple wives. So there is so many people that are going to be influenced by what you've just shared with me. How could I possibly begin to understand the cultural impact, the generational impact? I know my Western views, but honestly, how can I possibly actually have a comment on that? I know what I want to say, but I really can't. And I said to him, Kimani, I think only you know the answer to that because that young girl that you're actually now speaking to at the age of six and trying to actually reshape her mind and give her the opportunities has to live with her mother, her grandmother, her aunts, her father, her grandfather, who all have incredibly strong cultural beliefs. I don't know how to answer that. And that has actually played a role in who I am, you know, today. And so when I came back, Linda, it took me really, it took me four months to actually even realise what had happened. And I remember distinctly sitting at the dining room table and I said to my husband, I, I hate my life. I really hate my life. And he looked at me and he said, what are you talking about? And I don't use the word hate. You know, it's a, it is a really strong thing for me to actually share that. But it dawned on me that it, my experiences had just been culminating over the years and had now reached a point where I genuinely wanted to be really purposeful in everything that I did, so conscious of who I'm actually with and honouring them for who they are so that they can actually start to honestly, I guess, accept, believe and trust in who they're actually going to choose to be to move forward. And so 
it became this journey of I needed to actually be different. And it was, what does that actually mean, Kathy? You know, <laughs> that's great, you want to be different, but what does it actually mean? So I started to look at who I actually did business with, who, you know, who I actually had as my inner circle and made some really tough decisions. And so everything then became about my values. What are the, what are the values that I actually want to uphold? Firstly, it is to make sure that people come ahead of anything. You know, no matter who they are, value who's actually sitting in front of you, whether it's in business or whether it's actually as a friendship. The second thing was is that our community isn't just where we are living. It is global. So we need to really look at things on a bigger scale. And how, how could I possibly impact that? How could I actually make a change? And so that then became, I guess, my, my love work, which was my work in Tanzania continued. So I would go back every 12 to 18 months and, you know, I started to do leadership development over there and mentoring. But over time, I then started to get involved with one of the local schools over there, which happened to be run by an Australian. And she actually takes in orphans um, and educates them for free. And then they actually have this um, program at the end of schooling where they give back. And so it became for me this clarity around how, how I could create a circular you know, um, environment in everything that I did. So from my footprint where I actually, um, I make natural products, natural soaps, and all of those proceeds actually go towards the work that we have been doing in Tanzania. But it was also to educate people that, you know, organic and natural product was actually so important that we needed to actually make it available to the masses, not to those who could just afford the organic products. And so for me, it was, I'm going to show, you know, retail that you can actually produce at a reasonable cost and make it accessible so everybody could contribute, you know. Um, and so I have been doing that for seven years and, you know, the products actually sell in organic shops, but it was then how else? So it was living my actual, walking my talk. So I then actually started to think about how do I actually create a bigger impact? And that's through education, right? We all actually, you know, learn. I am continuously learning. Um, and so the leadership programs that I actually run for women, um, I converted all of those for programs for children. And I did it at different ages. And so I started to, you know, talk with the school over there and said, how would you like to actually be part of this? Would you like, you know, me to run leadership programs? And I will actually train facilitators on the ground because we need to have them culturally fit so that they could actually see somebody that they can relate to. And so that's what I did. I started to then write and create leadership programs that started from the age of 12, then actually went into the middle school and then actually um, as they finished school. And so now it doesn't matter what I actually do in work, that's actually incorporated in everything that I actually do. So whether it's actually through a global business, whether it's actually a small business owner, it is about showing them that you can actually have a sustainable business that contributes to paying things forward and actually creating a bigger impact. But you have to decide 
what that paying it forward is. And so we spend time actually better understanding what is it that you want? What makes you actually get up and actually brings you joy, you know, every single day? What is something in your past that, you know, you could say, I wish I did more of that? You know, who has affected you? Who has impacted you? So that we can genuinely actually make it purposeful for them. Because it's not about my vision. It's not about my dream. Because that's for me. That's what makes me actually, you know, smile every single day. We only have about 10 minutes left in our time together. I yeah. definitely would love to hear your advice and guidance to the listeners of Leadership <coughs> Global about if they are struggling with their purpose, they know that they're in, much like your story, they're in a position where, uh, you know, they may reap monetary rewards, they may have a title they're proud of, they may work in an industry that they're proud of, but they are lacking that sense of deep uh, purpose, that sense that they're making a larger impact. How would you recommend that those people begin examining what their purpose is. I know you mentioned really deeply examine your values, really try to question uh, what it is that brings you a sense of purpose and fulfillment. But what are some of the clear action steps that people can take to begin exploring that? Everybody actually has a backstory, Linda. And so that's where I start, you know, we have all actually lived um, some sort of experience, whether it's in childhood, whether it's in, you know, our teenage schooling. I actually ask them that when they actually look back at any moment in their life, what, what are two or three things that actually bring them joy, you know, and why? Why was it that they actually, you know, reflect on that so fondly? Most of the time, or... If it's not actually a positive experience and it's something that has actually caused trauma, that might also be, you know, something that they may want to explore because they want to actually give back or they may actually want to share some of their lived experiences through, you know, um, their life so that it may prevent others, you know, from having the same sort of experience. So it's actually really digging deep into those emotions that are really quite raw or that actually just elate you and then creating a pathway and embedding that into what you do, whether it's in business or whether it's actually in your you know, personal life, whatever it is, once you actually hone in on that, Linda, you actually create that roadmap. You start to actually bring people together. That inner circle of yours all of a sudden just opens doors to people that actually say, I actually experienced that too and I'd love to help you. You know what? I want to contribute. I want to be part of that journey. And so you now start to actually vibrate at such a different level. I can't, it's difficult to explain, but I, I am such a different person today to who I was, you know, seven years ago. And it's not because... I haven't always given, but I genuinely know now that what I'm actually doing is so much bigger than me. And if I actually break it down and think about, will I be able to do it? You know, if I'm being logical, I'll say no, because gosh, what you're trying to do is like near impossible. 
but I genuinely believe I can do it. And that's what happens when you go back to that core thing that is really resonating for you. You actually know that it doesn't matter what obstacles are ahead of you, you will be able to navigate around it. And for, from a business point of view, that, that money that you're actually dedicating will actually come tenfold, you know, to you. I don't know, but that law of attraction just happens. <laughs> I love that, Kathy. Thank you. And what a great way to begin the exploration of really being able to define and clarify your purpose so that you can begin the journey of creating a really fulfilling, rewarding, and deeply satisfying life. I love that. Thank you so much. Now, one last question for you as we wrap up, and this is the way that we conclude every single leadership global program. And that is by asking you your leadership advice. So along our journey, we've all had mentors and advisors and coaches and people who are deeply invested in our success who offered us words of wisdom, words of guidance. What are some of those pieces of leadership advice that you've received that you'd like to pass on to someone else? I would, I would have to say that being comfortable in being you you know um, we always look externally to measure you know whether we are succeeding or not but the reality is is that the true measure only comes from actually looking at who you were yesterday and if you can actually be just that little bit better today then that's that's what you need to be chasing you know it's really that simple I love that, Kathy. What a beautiful way of wrapping up today's conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. How inspiring, how motivating. And thank you also for your wisdom of providing actionable insight to others who are on a journey trying to discover their purpose and trying to clarify their mission, their vision, so that they can step into their power with a sense of confidence and boldness, knowing that this is the next phase of their life that will bring them real satisfaction, fulfillment, and reward. So thank you so much for this conversation, Kathy DeMarcos. I am so grateful. Thank you, Linda. It's always a joy. And anybody who has not crossed Leadership Global, gosh, give yourself the opportunity. Honestly, you will be vibrating at such a high level. Thank you. Thank you for joining Lead Hership Global's award-winning podcast. As a member of Lead Hership Global, you have the opportunity to meet inspirational leaders, create lifelong friendships, and be surrounded by others who are invested in your success. Join our global community of inspiring women in leadership, women who will help you create greater levels of impact, support your personal and professional breakthroughs, and help you accelerate your success. Don't miss out on the opportunity to show up, speak up, and step up in your professional and your personal life. Find out how you can join us at leadhershipglobal.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.